You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith and this is a conversation with Andrew WK. The reason for the conversation is to promote the two dates that Andrew is playing in Australia in August. He's playing Saturday the 25th of August at the Corner Hotel in Melbourne and finally Sunday the 26th of August at the Manning Bar in Sydney. Hopefully some more Australian dates are added to those two. Let's have a listen to what Andrew has to say. Here we go. Waiting, Andrew McKay-Smith from Metal Obsession. You are now in interview with Andrew WK. Please go ahead. Thanks very much. Hello, mate. How are you going? Hello, how are you? I'm good, mate. How's the, uh, I call it the Aussie phonogrind. How have you been treating you? Have the interviews been interesting? Oh, yeah. They've been, I've been enjoying it very much. I hope that the interviewers have been as well. Cool, well, mate. I'm going to kick things off, and look, I do this often, but I really and sincerely mean it every time I do it. I want to offer you a heartfelt congratulations on your career to date. I know it hasn't been easy for you. I've just been reading, reading on Wikipedia all the bullshit that you've had to deal with. With you know, you didn't even possibly at a period of time there have use of your own name on recordings, and I think that's tough enough. But the era that you actually came out, so year 2000, year 2001, rock and metal was about as popular as a turd in a punch bowl. But what you did, you were able to reframe and you were actually able to bring a bit of death metal with you too and you had uh, Donald Tardy, you might still be working with him now but certainly you were working with him back then and I think you were able to raise some consciousness and some awareness of some extreme metal through your music as well which is great enough as it is but to then bring a whole part of the music industry with you at a time when it just really wasn't popular at all was something quite special and unique so I want to offer your congratulations on that. That's, that's really kind of you to say it's very generous of you to say um and uh i suppose it, it, it's that much more meaningful to me because i am such a just you know massive fan of obituary specifically but also uh, a select few other bands that i would consider part of the traditional extreme metal uh legacy and mm. i you know out of respect for those groups and that music i would never dare say that I'm even really a heavy metal artist because it's just my music's not that heavy but I love metal and to think that I could have done anything to uh, support or give back to this style of music that's given so much to me and, and given me so much energy and power to this very day hmm. so listening to it every day uh, is an extraordinarily kind thing for you to say so I take that to heart very much thank you no, no problem at all. And look, I, I mean it too, as I said, because I, I don't know whether, I mean, we'll never know, of course. I mean, the guys in obituary might have told you otherwise, but they might not have got back together if it wasn't for the for the fact that Donald was able to work with you and, and put the band back into the spotlight. And I remember specifically on two occasions you were interviewed on Australian radio back in those, back in year 2000 and 2001, and you made a pointed reference to working with Donald. And, and people wouldn't have known if you weren't talking about it because I don't know how closely people actually read the liner notes on albums but it was during that phase there where i think death metal was just about to come out of its hibernation really and extreme metal in general just before metalcore really broke big but sorry mate i'm taking a bit of a tangent we're not here to talk about that we're definitely here to talk about your music and uh your tour of australia which i think is coming up in august so what can you tell us about that well it's uh the first time i'm coming back with my uh full band since 2011 and this version of the band, although it doesn't include uh, Donald Tardy, unfortunately, it, it does include uh, some of the original members that he helped assemble because since we've been talking about Donald, we should uh, give credit where credit is due. He really formed this band in terms of he assembled 
the groups, uh, the, the, the first version of the band and, and that group of musicians and, you know, stage managers, sound guys, um, tour managers that, that, that kicked this whole thing off. And some of those mm-hmm. people are still with me to this day. But there's also new members in the band, and this is the best, I must say, with all due respect to everybody who's ever been in the band, just because we've been doing it for almost 20 years now, this is uh, the highest quality show I think we've ever been able to bring. Okay. Oh, look, I haven't had your, your newish album uh, for too long. I only just got it this morning. So I've had to listen to it once before, and it seems to continue on in the grand tradition of music that you've been releasing in the past. So what can you tell us about the album, and will it feature heavily in the set list when you come to Australia? Yes, well, we will definitely be playing music from the new album, but also uh, from every other of our main rock albums. So mm-hmm. I Get Wet, The Wolf, Close Calls with Brick Walls, and then You're Not Alone. So it's a real, I hope, uh, complete show in that regard. And as much as I love the new album, I don't like to focus too heavily on material that people might not be familiar with yet. So we do play some songs from it, but not, not overloading it. Um, just to keep that, to me, the concert experience is all about singing along and people having that, that chance to hear a song that hopefully they know very well um, being played live with that kind of live intensity. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, I'm very happy with the album and I really, really, really love playing the, the songs live. Cool, yeah. There's a lot of tracks on it, and oh, I'm just looking at it here on my uh, Apple Music player at the moment. There's a couple of tracks that are they're underneath a minute or a minute and a half or so, but, mate, for 16 tracks, there's probably 14, 13 to 14 that are actual music. That's a lot of cuts. Now, I know it's been about... Has it been about eight or nine years since your last record, or maybe even longer, but is this material that you've been writing in that period that people, obviously, you haven't been recording you haven't been a recording artist a studio recording artist so to speak but i know you've been bloody busy because i've been checking out your biography so you know you've been doing uh you've, you had a radio show you've been doing a lot of journalism too so i want to congratulate you again on that because your writing's been a very high quality very engaging by the way um but is oh, this thank is this, you yeah no worries and is this material that has been written recently or is it stuff that you've had in the bank over that decade or so it's both. It's both. Um, for better or worse, I was able to continue uh, recording from time to time over all these years. And I suppose that's part of why it took so long to come out is I just kept working at it. And it's sometimes it's hard to, to finish, uh, as, 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 some, as you may know, you know, knowing yeah. when to just say, this is done, I got to release it. <laughs> so there's, there's songs on there that go all the way back to 2005 and then some of it was written very, very, very recently, right towards the very end of the of the recording uh, process. But um, I tried to include what I thought was a consistent uh, group of songs and hold off on any that were too, uh, didn't feel right in, in the album. So I didn't want it to sound like it was recorded over 12 years. I wanted it to sound like a cohesive statement. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, it certainly sounds that way. As I say, I've only had the one listening experience to it, mate, but it certainly sounds like a very, very solid package. And what what's the fan feedback been like about the album? Is it Has it been overwhelmingly positive, or have you found that some people have come back and they want the, the you know, when I say the older sound, the, the sound that you produced on I Get Wet? Well, I always try to make it consistent on a song-by-song basis, meaning that the feeling I'm trying to create is the same feeling um, and just 
once I, I try to get there in the song, and I, once that song's done, I try to get to that feeling again. I mean, the feeling is this type of, I don't know, just how to describe it. It's a type of uh, just very intense physical energy, just like an amped up, joyful feeling, like up your, when you're on the top of a roller coaster hill and you have your arms up over your head and <laughs> you're about to go down and yeah. um, fireworks are going off and it's the first day of summer vacation and, uh, you know, where, that, that feeling that where everything aligns in life and suddenly makes sense. And it's not that you, it doesn't occur in your mind, you feel it in your body. And music, there's a kind of music, a, a certain style of music that is specifically trying to create that feeling and be the soundtrack for those moments that feel like that in life. And that's what I'm trying to do here. So I, what's been satisfying to me, especially for this album, is it seems like from what people have told me, that that's exactly what they're getting. Um, and I've made you know four rock albums at this point, but I've never had people explain in such articulate language the feeling that they're getting from the songs now mm -hmm. and it's exactly what i was hoping for not every person obviously and not not an overwhelming number of people but even just a few you know a handful of people that said this made me feel like life was a triumph this made me feel like every emotion combined uh you know this made it, it just really intense feeling and that's 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 what the music's trying to be it's not passive music it's music that's trying to be as uh overwhelming as possible i suppose yeah okay all right hey, i'll take a tangent i i you had a fascinating discussion with jamie jaster a year or two ago probably longer i don't know how long ago it was but i remember listening to that interview and it was one of my favorite jamie jaster interviews actually it must be said and you talked about that you don't have a permanent address so to speak but far from being a vagrant you're living out of hotel rooms is that still the case for you uh yes yes hotel rooms and um the occasional generosity of family members yeah is that something that you've i mean you've you've it's obviously a decision that you've made is that something that helps you with the art or is it just the way you prefer to lead your life well i i mean i'll, I'll take responsibility uh in that i've made decisions that have led to this situation but i don't know that it's how i would choose to live uh you know yeah. indefinitely it's I've, I've been in this situation before and i'm in it again now and there's things that i absolutely love about it it's basically just like being on tour all the time uh yeah it's just it, it is the situation and uh i accept it you know yeah i could i can relate to it because for a period of time there i was living out of a suitcase in that i was traveling for work i used to work for a telecommunications company and it was the time when I was really listening to Jamie's show and um, uh, uh, Eddie Trunk's show all the time. It was actually what kept me company when I was on the road. So between, you know, Australia, because you've been here before, but I live in, in Queensland. So I was traveling up and down the coast of Queensland between Brisbane and Cairns and getting on and off air, air, uh, fl planes and flights and getting into hotel rooms. And I'd often just put on the, the podcast and just listen to them in the background. So I think I've got a little bit of an understanding about the kind of life that you're leading and I oh, look I had to get out of my job because to be honest with you it was too stressful and it was it was hindering my health so that's the reason I got out of that but it's it's interesting to hear your take on it so another pretty interesting uh, episode in your career actually was um the the thing about the US cultural ambassador to Bahrain which you know goes from the sublime to the ridiculous in some ways because 
how many people get that opportunity? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, you were asked to speak at the embassy as a part of a, a cultural speakers program. Do you know why the invitation was repealed, though? Were you ever given an explanation? Yes, we were given a, rather, a sort of paraphrased, um, kind of opaque explanation, which was that the higher-ups, once the trip was announced and actually got a, a strong um, and positive reaction, the higher-ups that weren't originally aware of the trip were suddenly made aware. And as you can imagine, you know, it's very predictable. They saw, you know, my bloody nose face, and they saw the songs about partying, and they said that this wasn't an appropriate representative hmm. of, uh, you, know, you know, the United States. And it's very disappointing and yeah. just a very classic case of judging a book by its cover. But the part that was most frustrating is we'd already had been vetted for a year with the organizers from the State Department, and it wasn't until their bosses canceled the whole thing that uh, it all fell apart. Well, it's, they're missing out, because I think, as I say, your writing's very engaging, and I haven't had an opportunity to listen to your radio show yet, but uh, if your writing's any measure, mate, they've certainly missed out on having somebody talk at an event like that where you could add a lot of a hell of a lot of value, and from left field, if you don't mind me saying, which I think is... in, in oh, that thank you. With that sort of environment, you need people like you to come in to act as a bit of a circuit breaker, I believe. Well, thank you. When, once they cancelled it, there was an additional outpouring of support from a really broad uh, range of people um, all over. So, you know, in the end, those trips are supposed to, I guess, get attention and, and, and create a dialogue in a part of the world that otherwise wouldn't have a dialogue. And I think in the end, we, we, we did have a dialogue, even though I didn't go. Yeah. Hmm. What are you most proud of in your career? Because there's a lot of success there and a lot of success against the odds, I might say, as well. So what gives you the great greatest source of pride? The people I've gotten to work with, um, w without a doubt, you know, hands down, the people I've gotten to travel around with and, and spend, thank you, spend my life with, you know, starting with Donald Tardy and, and my band, um, they are physically making it possible for me to do this and we're getting to do it together. And as much as we have shared goals and ambitions and we're pushing towards something together, we also realize, and I've realized immensely over these past uh, couple of years, the greatest achievement, as you're asking, the, the most meaningful part, the most meaningful success is that we get to live life together, that we're getting to go through anything mm. um, meaningful together. That's the biggest reward is that I've gotten to know these people, that I've gotten to be with them, you know, on a very intimate level, living side by side, for week after week after week traveling around the world mm. it's it's it, i've spent more time with the, some of the members of my band than i probably even have my own parents at this point because mm. it's every day all day um and it's an unusual opportunity to one of the stranger parts of this work that is often overlooked because you're so caught up or at least i have been so caught up in what we're trying to get and what we're trying to do and where we're trying to go that you, you realize that the whole time you already were there, you had made it there, and what you were, what the there was, was getting to be side by side with the team. Yeah, that's a profound response, and thanks very much for that, mate. I'll leave it there. Again, congratulations on an outstanding career. I have no doubt that your new album's stellar stuff. I'll listen to a little bit more, but I should be in the crowd, mate, when you tour Australia. But actually, I didn't notice a Brisbane show on the flyer that I got, so do you know if you're performing in Brisbane when you come? 
Unfortunately, not not so far. We only were invited to do these two shows, and uh, I, I hope and pray that either the promoter could add some more, or we'll have a chance to come back sooner than later. But yeah. as of now, it's just Melbourne and Sydney. Yeah, it'd be a real shame if you came all this way, mate, and didn't get outside of the two the two major capitals, mate. You yeah, certainly, I agree. You certainly have a lot of fans up here. I can attest for that. You're one of those blokes, actually who attract fans from just about all genres of rock and metal. Everybody seems to like Andrew WK in the same way that everybody likes Motorhead. Well, that's a huge, 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 huge compliment, and uh, I don't even know what to say except uh, I'm thankful to the open-mindedness that these people have for you know for music and for me. Cool, mate. Well, well-deserved, mate. I'll leave it there. Thanks so much again, and all the very best. Thank you. All the best to you as well. Thanks, brother. No worries. Catch ya. Bye. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that was my chat with Andrew WK. Thank you so much for listening.